Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience, featuring my conversation with the head of a Class Act studio, Miss Darla Briganti Kane. Darla is from the Central Florida area, and she's been a theater actress for many years, and now she is here in the Gulf Coast area with her school, a Class Act studio, which teaches various acting courses. And she's been highly recommended by some of my former guests who happen to be some of her students. So it was nice to finally get her on the show to close out 2014, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this fun conversation that we had. But first, I want to talk about the Unicorn Wranglers and the release of their brand new album, Murder Mystery Night. It has 10 brand new tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. Murder Mystery Night is available now on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And don't forget to check them out on social media. Like them on Facebook. Their Twitter and Instagram handles are at Wranglers. And last but not least, check out their website, unicornwranglers.com. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! And welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of December 18th, 2014, exactly one week, seven days away from Christmas. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully you're not out in holiday traffic listening to this because it's already gotten to the point where it's just unbearable. Even at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, it's really, really bad. So I try and stay indoors here. And it's, uh, as I'm doing this intro, it's, a uh, Nice, cool Wednesday night. I've got a mug of hot chocolate in hand. I've got my Charlie Brown Christmas tree over to the right. And as I was sitting here, I was thinking I have absolutely no idea what I want to say for this intro because I try and look up a couple of news topics uh, to discuss before I introduce the guest. But there hasn't really been that much going on this week. Um, I guess for me personally, I did book a couple of cool guests for uh, January for this show. I've got a couple of filmmakers that are coming on. Um, The first one is a filmmaker out of Los Angeles. Her name is Jennifer Nicole Stang. And the second one is Kurtz Frausoon, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that name correctly. He is based out of Dallas, Texas. And another cool one that I'm going to get to do is, for the first time ever, I will be having a comedian on the show. Uh, Mr. Kevin Bartini, who has opened for shows like The Colbert Report and The Daily Show, and he has a new album coming out on January 13th called The Unintentionally White Album. And we will be having him on the show on Thursday, January 15th. And if you want to find out more info about that album or just him in general, if you want to see some of his stand-up, go to KevinBartini.com. That's B-A-R-T-I-N-I. But that'll be fun, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy those first few interviews of 2015. But back to news. There wasn't really anything that popped out at me. I mean, I didn't want to bore you guys with more Spider-Man talk or more nerdy talk, so... I found something literally right before I hit the record button on this thing. And there was a movie that was scheduled to come out at Christmas. 
and it is no longer coming out on Christmas. It's called The Interview, and I, I heard a little bit about this movie. I knew it had James Franco and Seth Rogen in it, and it was supposed to be very controversial, but this is the synopsis of the movie. It says, Dave Skylark, played by James Franco, and his producer Aaron Rappaport, Rogan, run the popular celebrity tabloid show Skylark Tonight. When they discover that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is a fan of the show, they land an interview with him in an attempt to legitimize themselves as journalists. As Dave and Aaron prepare to travel to North Korea, the place they're saying I cannot pronounce, so they're traveling to North Korea, their plans change when the CIA recruits them, perhaps the most unlikely candidates, to quote-unquote take out Kim Jong-un. And one of the reasons why this release is not going to happen is due to the Sony hacks that have been happening over the last couple of weeks. And I talked about the Spider-Man story that was leaked. There have been several things that have happened. Um, Private emails have been released, uh, intellectual properties, all kinds of material. I mean, it's it's kind of an unheard story. And the reason why it says here, according to The Hollywood Reporter... Regal Entertainment, AMC Entertainment, Cinemark, Carmike Cinemas, and Cineplex Entertainment will no longer show the film due to the hacker group Guardians of Peace saying, Remember the 11th of September 2001. We recommend you to keep yourself distant from the places at that time. If your house is nearby, you'd better leave. And according to the Wall Street Journal, there are about 40,000 screens in the U.S. and Regal, AMC, Cinemark, and Carmike account for almost half of them. So it's pretty crazy. And I can understand why they pulled the movie. I mean, it it was a threat, obviously, but at the same time, I think this whole situation has gotten a little ridiculous. And I I think Sony is absolutely out of their mind if they didn't think that something like this was going to happen. But to me, it's, it's a movie. It's not a take on real life. It's just a fictional story. And it's being taken way too seriously. I don't even really think it's that big a deal. It's a parody. It's satire is what it is. It's not meant to be taken seriously. It's a movie. So and I just I think the whole thing is is really ridiculous. I mean the the hacks obviously are a big deal, but at the same time, like this whole movie situation is like I said, it's just gotten ridiculous and it, it's kinda irritating, honestly. But anyway, that's really all the news I have. Like I said, there's it's been kind of a light week due to the holidays coming up. So rather than bore you guys any further, I will present to you our guest this week, someone who has been very highly recommended that I have on this show by several people, including Naraj, Jalene, Adele, Michelle, uh, several other people. And her name is Darla Briganti-Kane. And Darla... I had no idea who she was. I had never spoken to her at all until she was recommended to me by all these people. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's, let's have her on the show. But I think it's perfect that 2014 is ending with Darla because she's been responsible for so many people getting work, not just here, but outside of the panhandle. And you'll get to hear about her background in theater acting growing up in central Florida and you'll get to hear a lot about like the Dinner and Murder Mystery Theater, which I didn't really know anything about, so that was a very interesting story. And of course, you'll get to hear about a Class Act studio and some of the classes that they actually have coming up over the next month or so. And if 
things work out like I hope, I will be one of the people that will be taking those classes. So hopefully it all works out. If it does, I will very much look forward to uh, taking these acting classes. It's going to be a new venture for me. I've always been curious what the acting side of film and theater and really any medium is like. So hopefully I get the opportunity to find that out. But anyway, sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with Miss Darla Briganti Kane. And we're back here on the Derek Diamond Experience with my very special guest this week, the owner and head of a class act studio here in the Gulf Coast area, Miss Darla Briganti Kane. How you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. It's an Good. honor to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've heard so much about you from previous guests. And Aww. it's funny because uh, Naraj, Jalene, uh, Adele, so many people have said there are three people that you've got to get on this show. <laughs> Carrie Hunter, Anne-Marie Crouch, and Darla. And you're the third of the three. So yes, here I, I did am. it. Yep, absolutely. Thank absolutely. You. So uh, first thing I wanted to ask you, are you originally uh, from this area or where exactly are you from? You know, I grew up in Orlando. I, I was born in Ohio. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. I grew up in Orlando and uh, uh, left there, I guess, about 15 years ago. So pretty much lived a long time in Orlando. Uh, that's where I got my start. Love Central Florida. Yeah. Love Orlando. I love that entire area. I would live there if I could. You know, I kind of miss some of it. I, I just went back and visited family and everything. Mm-hmm. It's grown tremendously. Yeah. I feel kind of lost, you know. <laughs> I used to kind of, you know, how you feel your own, your town, you know, you know everybody. So it would take some time to reacclimate, I think. But uh, yes, it's it's a great city. Yeah, the first time I can remember going, I mean, I went as a kid, but I can't really remember that much. I went back in... 2008 mm-hmm. and even from then to now seeing it it's exploded basically and it's always busy there's always something to do and you know, you've got Disney Universal you've got so many things to do and it, it's just mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a cool place it's arguably my favorite place that I've visited like in all my travels I just I love the central Florida area oh, that's great it's great yeah so did you want to get into acting at like a young age or was it something that you know like as you got a little bit older it kind of came along later You know, I was thinking about that, and as I think back, I don't think I realized I wanted to, but as a young kid, I lived in sort of my own world, you Mm -hmm. know, I was very imaginative, Um, and and I liked watching all those old movies and musicals, and I could just relate to that storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I look back, I realize, you know, later why I ended up in musical theater, because I just really loved it. So as a kid, no, it pretty much hit me late in high school. I mean, I was at the end of my sophomore year before I ever auditioned for a show. What were some of the musicals that you liked? Oh, gosh, that's hard because I've done a lot. Um, Okay, I would say my top ones would be uh, Mama Rose Mm -hmm. uh, from Gypsy, which I did not too long ago at Northwest Florida. Uh, And then going back to Orlando, Mame. I loved that one, mm-hmm. and the unsinkable Molly Brown. I loved that one. Sweet. So yeah, cool. Those were my favorites, I guess. Was there a specific one that made you think, "Oh, this is what I want to do"? Like, was there a specific moment that like hit you, or was it just a a thing that developed over time? 
Well, I think in high school, a friend of mine, um, Gretchen Lindsay, I remember her name, uh, we were in band together. And I really loved being in marching band. You know, oh, I, just, I was in marching band too. Were you? Would mm-hmm. you play? Trombone. Ah, flute. Oh, yes. nice. Anyway, nice. Easy to carry. Um, but yeah, she said, let's go audition for the show. So we had went and watched the show that they were doing. It was Godspell. And that's been a very special show to me ever since. I mm-hmm. remember sitting there watching that going, I can do that. And so we did. We auditioned for, I think the show was Funny Girl. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the bad thing is I got in and she didn't. But um, And the rest was history. Once... I did that. I was in everything. Things started dropping out in high school. You know, I even had to drop out of band my senior year because I was just so busy with theater. So right. I hit the ground running after that. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, what What was your favorite thing about marching band? I know it's kind of a random question, but... You know, you know, looking back, again, I wasn't the best flautist. You, mm-hmm. know, I, you know, I'm glad I learned how to read music because as a vocalist in musical theater, it helped me a oh, bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? But... Uh, I, it was, again, being in front of those people in the show. But I didn't really equate that to being a performer until afterwards. Right. Yeah, but that was great. Yeah, I was kind of the same way because you don't really think about it when you're doing it, but when you look back on it, you're like, wow, that was a lot of fun playing this music in front of you know these huge audiences. It's kind of an adrenaline rush. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I like the marching too. I like the routines. I like mm-hmm. learning that, you know, and that just, it helped me when I, later in years when I choreographed musicals, mm-hmm. understanding how to, how to make formations and whatnot. So yeah, it, everything a, happens for a reason. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago, but I can still remember like it was yesterday being out, uh, like a really hot summer day. We had these little, uh, uh, dots that we would put where we were supposed to go and we were just move like little worker ants and it, it yes. was it was awesome now were you from here around yes, Panhandle? yes, yeah. yes. it was hot in orlando did you ever faint thankfully no we did have someone that that did faint my junior year mm-hmm. in high school after a uh it was after we performed at a uh competition and as we were walking off the field someone just Absolutely. We, that happened to me once at a competition. I it can't was imagine weird. how hot it was in Central Florida. It, it was pretty bad at times, uh, you know, and they still rehearse during the day. It's crazy. But yeah, I remember, I remember we, were, we were standing probably at attention for about an hour during this competition. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing people drop like flies in front of me, a couple of people. I'm thinking, what are they doing? And boom, I was on the ground, on the ground. So wow. it happened, but, uh, you know, we, I woke right back up again. But it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> It turns out that uh, I, I've I've known people that have passed out because when they stand at attention, they lock their knees. That's what I did. And yeah, that's, you gotta no flow. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stay relaxed because mm-hmm. if you lock up your knees, you just collapse. Yep. So <laughs> after high school, did you go to uh, college for acting? Well, yes, I did. There's my um, local college called Rollins College. It's a liberal arts college in Winter Park, Florida, Central mm-hmm. Florida, and I was determined to get into that. Um, and I did, I, I auditioned actually I had, uh, I've done a couple, uh, at least the year before, I think between my junior and senior year, I did a show there, um, called Camelot. Mm-hmm. And I was in the, um, and then I auditioned for the program and got accepted and did another show in the summer. So I did two shows before I ever was a student there. Um, and, and spent two years there. I was very happy, beautiful theater. My favorite theater forever is Annie Russell theater. Um, but I have to tell you, while I was 
a student, I was also very interested in working as a professional. So mm-hmm. really from 1979, I was, all, I was working in the local dinner theaters and whatnot. And I auditioned for Southeastern Theater Conference, which is still alive today, um, and got a scholarship opportunity from University of Florida. Oh, wow. And I took it, full acting scholarship. So I left after two years and then actually ended up receiving my BFA from U of F uh, in 82. Cool. So well, yeah, I, I've had some family members actually go to Florida. This is a really nice place. Yeah, yeah. I know most people around here are for Florida State, but <laughs> uh, we we won't get into that. Though. Okay. <laughs> uh, what What were some of the specific classes that you took at college? You know, it's interesting. In, in at the liberal arts college, Rollins, I, I remember I was in you know musical theater and acting and whatnot, but I remember more fully the philosophy, kind of the philosophy of religion and the writing classes. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, there was a lot going on then. And then when I got into my last two years is when I really focused on that BFA. So acting one, two, three, two, three, two, three, constantly in acting. Of course, you got your tech theater with the costume and makeup design. It's a, you know all-encompassing, directing, one, two, and three, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, apparently I passed because I got my, <laughs> my degree. Uh, you know, I didn't do too much outside. I did one show at the Hippodrome when I was up in uh, there, Gainesville, but mostly st- stayed focused. It was, it was a rude awakening in a way. Because when you're a big fish in a small pond, because I, I really did, I did a lot of uh, lead roles as a freshman and sophomore at Rollins. Right. When you go to university from a small liberal arts and you see, you know, you're up against grad students, it was good for me. It was the best thing I could have done because it really made me work harder. I was in tears for the first year, uh, you know, you know, second guessing myself for the first time ever, wondering why do I have the scholarship and all these other talented people don't, you know, kind of thing, but it was good for me to go through and I worked harder. And by the end of the first year, I felt much better, but it was hard. I've always felt that everyone who does something like acting or even behind the scenes work, sometimes you got to get knocked down a notch or two because it makes you appreciate what's at the top. And then you work your way back up and you're, more grateful for it and plus it is it's just it's good to do because it's kind of a uh, what am I trying to say here it is you kind of break down your ego to build back up your ego is what I'm trying to say I guess. absolutely I think that's right I mean it, there's nothing wrong with confidence right uh, but giving yourself new challenges and stepping out of that comfort you should zone, always be learning always and it's hard because we do get comfortable we're humans we're lazy by nature we get into these you know get rhythms. complacent mm-hmm. and it's hard I, I mentor you know some students that uh, from around here and I have students at uh, Florida State and you have F um, and UCF down in Orlando Mm -hmm. and just hearing you know you know hearing their feedback and stuff and seeing their struggles and working through these things because around here it was a bit smaller they played a lot of lead roles at the local colleges and um, and you know I kind of talked to them before they go and I said now you know listen (laughs) this you know this is what happened to me it might happen to you work through it never lose you know faith if this is what you really want to do you know and so it's really neat to see them push through that and move forward sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward absolutely so you finish with college yes from there you start acting in theater yeah you know uh 
that's all I've ever done. I mean, I there was a, at the t- at the time when I went back to home in Orlando, I was actually engaged to a computer science guy from U of F. That didn't work out, but I did stick around Orlando, kind of waiting for him to graduate. And there were, you know, at the time there were a lot of equity houses in Orlando in the Central Florida area. Right. So I was, you know, I was equity for many years, Actors Equity Association, uh, the theater union, and it was nice, you know, because you had all the benefits and whatnot. I worked constantly. I was very lucky in that. Is what happened to me. Um, I could do chorus. I could do leads. I can sing. I can act. I can dance. So I was employed quite a bit. and so, yeah, I, I hung out there, did a few summer stocks as well, all the way through college, really. So the, mostly the Southeast, mm-hmm. a little bit in Vermont, um, and did mostly theater, but tapped in to the new film and TV era when Universal Studios was being built. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but everyone was talking about that being the next Hollywood when they were building those studios. I, I've heard some stories. Didn't quite happen that way. Yeah, um, a lot of people came into the area, but um, I was never really—I didn't think—interested so much in film and TV and commercials until I realized, gee, what I make in a week, I make in a day in a local commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, hmm, I'm no longer going to be a theater snob, and I'll try this stuff out. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Yeah. So, what what have been some? Uh, like plays or musicals that you've been in? Well, uh, like I said, I did mostly musicals. Back in the day when I was younger, I played the ingenues, you know, the girl next door, the sidekick. So I did Ado Annie in Oklahoma and, Mm -hmm. you know, those kind of roles. Um, I did the ingenues as well, but I was a little... I, I, they weren't as interesting to me, you know, the goody two-shoes. So the character roles to me, even when I was younger, is what appealed to me. But I did anything I was asked, you know. You have to understand, as an actor, just because you have a degree, that you don't stop training. I continued to train in dancing. I continued to train my voice. So at one point, I had a three-octave range, and I was able to sing the soprano roles and the belting roles down here. I love the belting character roles, but what? You need a high C? That I can do it if you need it in the chorus, you know. And so that's why I work, because I was willing to stretch wherever they needed, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't have to pinpoint what I had to do. Um, you know, dinner theater also, back in the day, you have to understand this was a different era. Um, what exactly is dinner theater? Dinner theater, I differentiate it from what it is pretty much referred to now. There's a thing called what I call dinner attraction. Mm-hmm. And then there's dinner theater. Um, dinner theater, I mean, we had busloads of people, you know, age 60 and up, that this was a big part of life for them. It's not as much anymore, but we had a great audience. And the old standards, you know, the once, um, uh, let's say, um, Sound of Music and Fiddler on the Roof, you mm-hmm. know, every once in a while we did a newer play and a musical, uh, Neil Simon comedies, the funny things. So nothing too deep because people don't want, they want to be able to digest their food. So sometimes some of my colleagues thought, oh, you know, you're in dinner theater, we want to do real theater. And I understand as an artist wanting to do that right but I wanted to make a living and in order to make a living the things that audiences want is not necessarily Edward Albee you know something heavy so um I it, it 
just happened that musical dinner theater kind of stuff worked. Dinner attractions were neat too, kind of like I don't know if you ever heard of Capone's or the murder mystery theaters. Yes, yes. You know, dinner attractions are fun as well. Um, Central Florida has the theme parks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I actually made it a point not to work at a theme park if I could. You know, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, I don't know why. I guess I was a snob. You know, <laughs> it was like, no. Although I did break down and I auditioned for Disney, I think a couple of times, and I actually got called back. There was a dinner theater. I can't remember the name of it. It might still be there. Dolly was the name of the character. Um, and there was one in there, and I got down to being measured for costumes and did not get hired. Didn't fit the costume. So a lot of times I tell that story to my students. It's like, look, it doesn't mean because you don't get cast, it could mean you don't fit the costume because that <laughs> is true. It's true. Um, and I did finally end up working, though, at, at a theme park, Universal Studios. Oh, right. I did. I did Lucy Ricardo Lookalike. Nice. And uh, was thrilled because she's like my hero. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. And uh, was very, it was, it was different for me. Again, that separation when you're on stage, everyone's there to support the world and suspend the disbelief. Whereas you're right in their faces in these dinner attraction or these attraction kind of things. So it was different. A lot more improv was needed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I, I kind of drove them crazy. I, I'd go in and say, okay, what's my premise? Why is Lucy here? And they're like, just go be Lucy. You know, I'm like, yeah, but why is she here? Why would Lucy sign an autograph? She's not Marilyn Monroe. She's Lucy Ricardo. Now Lucille Ball. <laughs> and they're like, just go. Go. Just do it. <laughs> so I did. I did. I'd go out there and I said, well, okay, Lucy's been shopping. So I had, I was loaded down with bags of stuff. Typical Lucy fashion. Yeah. And and I would, you know, people would want to take my picture. I'd say, here, I got this for Fred. Put this on and make him wear the moose head or whatever. That's a pretty good impression. I yeah. like that. That was awesome. Yeah, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> I I have I I looked a lot like her. I the I think that there was a first string Lucy that was just really just sounded exactly like her. I had to work at it. She has a different placement, but we had fun. It was it was it was an honor. Yeah, I remember when that came on uh, Nick at Night when I was a kid. They showed all the old yes. shows like I Love Lucy, uh, Taxi was one, <laughs> and now they show like Cheers and Seinfeld. And I'm like, well, that makes me feel old, right? But, no, that that's that's cool. That's really cool. I, I've never been to a dinner attraction or a dinner theater. I've heard a little bit about it, but not too much. But that that was that sounds like it'd be fun to not only just do, but to just go and be a part of as a fan. Yeah, it is, or a, an audience member, I should say. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, it, especially in tourist tourism, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's fun and interactive. Yes. And gives people, now some people don't want to do that, you know, oh, I hope they don't make me get up, you know, that kind of thing. But it's fun to, to, to be a part of the show a little bit as right. well and just to kind of have a memory of that. So you break, you break what's called the fourth wall. You break the fourth wall, you interact. I'm I'm doing. A, may I plug a show I'm doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing a show right now, which I wouldn't. I, I I would call it dinner theater, but it's very intimate, and we're right in amongst uh, the audience, and we are storytellers. It's uh, with the Emerald Coast Theater Company, and it's called A Dickens Christmas. Three actors play all the roles in A Christmas Carol, so we get to take on all the different roles. 
and and a lot of the training that I have, this is boom. All the physicality, all the vocals and everything we get. I get to play Marley's ghost, you know, and then I, I get to play fan, a little girl, and we just do, you know, fun little things. So it's it's fun, we, and we morph right in front of their faces, and we get them up and dance, and we talk right to them because we're storytellers, and we, we look at them as well, and they're right there in front of us, and it just it takes about an hour. They have little tea and cookies, and... We take pictures at the end, and it's done. It's a nice new tradition for Destin. Where do you guys do the Dickens Christmas at? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's the first year we're doing it. We just opened last weekend in Harbor Walk Village, and we have uh, this weekend we start with uh, San Destin Golf and Beach Resort. So we'll be back and forth between those two. We have six shows this cool. weekend. Yeah, emeraldcoasttheater.org. That's theater spelled the right way with the R-E at the end. <laughs> I get so confused with that. It's not even funny. I, I like to me. That's how you spell it. Mm-hmm. But then I see people spell it backwards. And even if you're Theater. typing it, <laughs> if you're typing it in Microsoft Word, it doesn't count either as a misspelling. Right. So I'm like, get get your stuff together, Microsoft. It's R E. Both are right. I know, and and I have some people tell me, well, theater R E is the you know the element of what it, but theater E R is the place, and I'm like, no, it's <laughs> either one is right. But if you're a snob, you spell it R E. <laughs> I guess that makes me a snob. You are a theater snob. I guess so. So, how did you start a class act studio, and why did you do it? Well. When I moved up here, you know, now you have to understand, I moved up here, I see, my son was around nine years old. Um, I did get married, but not to the guy I was engaged with in college. Um, And my husband got work up here, and we moved up, and we live in Holt. We have a flashing light. That's it. Okay, we live in the boonies by choice. We love it. Little stream in the backyard. Hey, I grew up in a place just like that. Beautiful. Yeah. And so we love it. But I do, you know, I travel. Uh, I was looking for work. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. I know I can't perform here. There, there's not a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunity. Thank goodness I, I do now with Emerald Coast Theater Company. But um, so I teach, though. I, I actually started teaching in Orlando. I had my own business called Our Gang Players. You may not be old enough to remember Our Gang Little Rascals, but that was even before my time. But they made a movie probably when you were a kid. And so I called it Our Gang uh, mm-hmm. Players. Darla and Alfalfa. And, I do remember yeah. the movie, yes. Okay. yeah. So I did that, and I thought, well, I could do that up here. But I, um, in the interim, I was subbing in schools, and I met this lady. It was meant to be. She has a friend that just opened a theater in Fort Walton. It was mm-hmm. called the Emerald Coast Children's Community Theater, nickname Oz Theater. So I went in there and they were producing for their first show. They were producing Peter Pan. Oh, wow. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's big. And they said, can you help us? We need our choreographer dropped. And so I helped him a little bit and they got through it. It was the funniest thing ever. I mean, they flew. I mean, they did the flying and everything. I couldn't believe it. It was impressive. Have I got some stories to tell you? We won't (laughs) go into it now. But I was like, okay, that was big. So because the kids thought Emerald Coast, that's like Emerald City, that's like Oz, that's, they nicknamed it Oz Theater. So I said, well, let's do Wizard of Oz for my, fir- they yeah. then hired me as the it full-time makes, director. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, long story short, I did eight years, 30 some productions, full scale productions with children, had a competition troupe for middle school. 
these kids literally grew up on the stage. Some of those children are now at UCF and U of F and That's all cool. that. You know? So it was fabulous. It was in Bruner Middle School. A new principal came in and decided they didn't want a theater there anymore. His prerogative totally makes sense. But we were homeless. So uh, after eight years, we had to close the doors. And I didn't have a theater. So I said, I'm going to open my own. Voila, a class act studio was born. So rather than produce shows right now, I'm doing acting classes with, and I started out with kids and then ended up doing more with adults because of my collaboration with AMC Talent, Anne-Marie. Uh, so yeah, it's really neat what we've grown into. I open it up because that's what I do. You know, I mean, it's all I do. And th- there's people in the area that want to learn the craft mm-hmm. and try out this industry. So Anne-Marie um, hired me sort of off. We kind of met each other through like, you know, she, she had some kids on her board and I had some kids in my class. And she, Anne-Marie and I, we're, sometimes we're very opposite. Sometimes we're a lot alike, but we're, sometimes we're very, uh, she's very freelance, free form. Uh, I'm very structured sometimes, too much. And so we help each other out. She's very structured when I need her structure because I bring get, out the positives. In absolutely. Each other. We cross yep. over. So here's Anne-Marie being all free. She comes to me and goes, hey, Darla, I'm bringing a group to L.A., and I need you to help them. You know, I hear you can do monologues. Can you coach them? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, we're going in a couple of weeks. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so we did it. And we went out there first trip. Um, and since then, we've developed a whole program. Where I, But I, I on the trip, I, I sat there. I remember sitting in a hotel room saying, <laughs> okay, Anne Maria, I love this. But if we're going to do this, we're going to start. And we're going to get a certain amount of training under the talent's belt before we just throw them into a showcase. Is that all right? She goes, yeah. And through the last, oh, God, has it been six years? I don't even know. We have developed what we are calling professional actors training and we have that's what I was talking to you about um the session one is improv Mm -hmm. and audition techniques and then session two we get a little further in depth with scene study technique right um and she does the on camera techniques so with all four of those foundations that we feel are important then we go into other classes if people are interested in moving forward and digging deeper so that's what that's what we do. It's fun. So how long has a Class X studio been open? You know, I th- I was trying to remember the date. I think it must be eight years now. I'm I'm hating that, but I think it's been that long. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, I think so. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We uh, and and again, it's weird because it started out with the kids because I did all that children's theater, and now it's mostly adults. So now I'm digging back in. I'm trying to reach back into the kids because I kind of miss my children's theater so i'm thinking mm-hmm. about maybe getting some stuff um Anne marie and i do little films too like a film acting class um and i thought it would be fun to have the, the kids do their own film with a red carpet event and stuff so instead of a oh, yeah. live production we will do maybe a film production so that's in the works for kids we uh, were talking uh, before we started recording about People who primarily want to be actors should take classes that involve behind-the-scenes stuff and Mm -hmm. vice versa. Do you guys do any kind of behind-the-scenes classes? You know what? I... One of the things we do is that film acting class. Right. um, Anne-Marie... Uh, takes everybody and puts them into a position on set. So when they're not the on-set talent, 
they are either a script supervisor or AD or camera operator. She and I work like she's the director of photography. I'm more of the acting coach on set. Mm-hmm. And but uh, so that that's what we do. She also, of course, covers things in class. Um, but other than that, we don't go much further than that. I know that uh, there's a uh, there's somebody at Focus Point Productions. Um, EJ, do you know? Have you met EJ? I have not. I have to. I think that's. His name. I know. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Eric. But no, I've Dupree. I've never met him. I think he does like a, a television workshop, mm-hmm. and we have played with the idea of like working together and have his students and my students, you know, th- like produce your own television, you know, kind of thing. We don't do that. He does that though, and that is excellent. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's important, and we encourage people to go to the Actor Factor and work on that as well offset um just because if you have hands-on equipment and understand from that perspective what is needed Mm -hmm. in this collaborative effort to make this story you know then as an actor when i'm on this side of the camera and then it's my turn to get back on camera uh it makes a lot more sense to me. I feel yes. like more of a teamwork rather than, well, gee, I hope they get this. You know, it's 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 more of a team effort mm-hmm. in my head. Yeah, the, the way I look at it is the film is a machine and we're all little cogs yes. in the machine. And it, sorry. That's all good. I, yes, that is... In, in theater as well, you know, with kids, uh, when I did my productions, I kids ran my, I did not have parents backstage except for helping them get into their makeup at the beginning and then all parents go to the house and watch the show. Good. My Good. kids, I mean, I had third graders running spotlights, sound, lights, spotlights, backstage set changers, uh, because they they learned so much. And then when it was their turn to get back on stage, they respected the people on the crew so much mm-hmm. better. They were helpful. Yep. So even with kids, I think it's important. Yeah. Something you mentioned earlier reminds me of a funny story, and you'll <laughs> get a kick out of this. My first production class I ever took in college, it was TV production one. It was over across the street at the WSRE studio. Yes. And what we had to do was we set up this fake talk show. We literally had a host and a guest. Host, guest, three camera operators, uh, someone recording onto tape. It's crazy saying tape yeah, back then. Right. Well, this, this was years and years ago. And then you had the director, you had the sound, you had all these positions. And what we would do is we would record for, it was like a minute or 90 seconds, and then we would rotate. So say you started as camera three, then you'd move to camera two, camera one, go backstage and all this fun stuff. So that way you did every single position. Luckily I started on camera, but the last thing I had to do was I had to be on camera and I'm just dreading it. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Cause I I was telling you about my social anxiety (laughs) uh, when I, before we started or whatever, but yeah, that, that was, Doing stuff like that, I think, is is really good. It gives you, you learn everything, is what I'm trying to say. That makes me happy that you did that, because it's truly, I mean, getting on camera and understanding what that talent is feeling. You may think that the talent being, you know, that they chose to be an actor. Right should be comfortable on camera, should hit their marks when they're supposed to, you know. And yes, ultimately, you know, it's your job. (laughs) But 
if you put yourself in their shoes, it's not as easy as it looks. So I, I really like that that's something in the training that they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I'm not sure how they do it now, but mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that's how they did it when I was there. So I, I, I thought that was, looking back on it, I thought that was a really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have any classes coming up for Class X Studio? Yeah. Oh, I wish I had the dates. May have to go on Facebook. Uh, yes, we have session one coming up the first weekend of January, actually. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a boot camp. We're just going to throw all the 12 hours in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we have session two starting on every Tuesday evening. Um, it's four, uh, four weeks, yeah, three hours a night. Uh, so that'll get both session one and session two into January if people are interested. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have a, a website or a social media yeah, for Class Act Studio? You know what? Yeah, a Class Act Studio is on Facebook, and it's a classactstudio.com, or my email is a classactstudio at hotmail.com. So any one of those ways would work. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask you, what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to Say, just go into acting in general, whether it's theater or film. If someone said, I want to be an actor or I want to be an actress, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, first of all, follow your passion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, follow that and have faith in it. There are so many different paths and everyone has to have their own journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stay open for that. Um, <clears throat> I actually have a a little breakdown, what I like to do, you know, the professional actors training we do, PAT, P-A-T, stands for professional actors training. But I also came up with some other little purpose, you know, words, and I'm going to read them so I don't mess up. Uh, First of all is P equals purpose. The definition of purpose is intention, having a mission, you know, direction, ambition, right? Expectation. So if you have a purpose, this is good. The opposite of that is avoidance, aimlessness, thoughtlessness. So have a purpose in everything you do. A stands for aptitude, skill, creativity, right? Expertise, ability. The opposite is ignorance, inexperience, lack of skill. Um, it's not easy to be in this business, so you got to keep your skills up. <clears throat> and then the last is tenacity, diligence, stubbornness. I've been very stubborn. I I am very stubborn. And I, you know, I, that's something that has helped me along the way, really. Yes. Um, determination, persistence, courage, you know, the opposite of his in, you know, weakness and, and indifferent, indifference to it. Mm-hmm. So the, that would be my, those are my buzzwords for students coming into this. It's not easy. These things will help you along the way. I think the stubbornness that you were talking about, <laughs> the persistence really helps a lot because that's what I do with the show. Absolutely. And the thing is, this is also, I mean, there's the craft and the business. It's show business. Yes. So all of these, that has to do with either one. Yeah, you you have talent, you have skill, but you also have a business. And that sales, yet numbers game kind of thing, it's the same thing with actors. And you have right. to be able to balance that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Darla, thank you for stopping by and doing the show. This was a blast. It's been great. Thank you so much. Big thank you once again to Darla for coming on the show for that really awesome and very insightful conversation. Next week, we will not be having a brand new show. We will have a best of show that will be out on Wednesday, December 24th. But until then, you can check out all the other shows on the Nerd Cave Network. You can check out 
the Nerd Cave podcast on Tuesday, Fist of Monkey on Wednesday, Derek Diamond Experience on Thursday, and Time for Comics on Friday. And as far as social media goes, we've actually rebranded our Twitter. We're now under one Twitter page, and it's at Nerd Cave Network. And hopefully after Christmas, the Nerd Cave podcast Facebook page will become the Nerd Cave Network Facebook page. And once that happens, we will all be under that page. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. And we'll see you guys next week. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.